This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Monday the 14th of December. I've no idea how many shopping days there are to Christmas, but it's not long now. That's right. And Norman, we heard on Friday that the UQ vaccine, which we talked a couple of times about on this podcast saying that it was a really promising candidate, has been canned over the fact that people who received it could have a false positive to an HIV test or a particular antibody associated with HIV. And we've had a lot of questions from the audience about this. So let's see if we can demystify this a bit because it really felt like a bolt from the blue. We've got Kenton asking, can you please explain how or why a false positive HIV test stopped the Queensland trial? Doesn't this reflect poorly on the HIV test rather than the vaccination? So that's a great question, Kenton. I need to back up and just do a bit of an explanation here. If you listen to Coronacast regularly, you know that the vaccines and some of the treatments, but the vaccines are targeted against the spike on the surface of the coronavirus. Now, the problem with the spike is that it changes shape and you want it to be exactly the right shape for the lock and key mechanism and therefore it's got to be fixed. It changes shape if it's not attached to the virus itself. Is that what you mean? That's right. It kind of swings in the breeze a bit. Now, how the mRNA viruses, that's the Moderna one and the Pfizer vaccines, not viruses, but vaccines do this, is that they've got a genetic variant which programs a fixed version of the spike protein. So that's how they do it. How the University of Queensland vaccine does it is that they've got something called a molecular clamp. So they kind of clamp it into position so that it stays in the right shape for the immune system to recognize as a bona fide, you know, an accurate version of the spike protein. So that the immune response that you generate is exactly the immune response you want to be able to control the coronavirus. Now, you've got to be able to clamp it. So what is, what's the clamp? You can't do it with a clamp in the shed. You've got to find some way of doing it. And the way the clamp they use, in part, is, the, uh, is part of the human immunodeficiency virus. So it's an envelope protein. And I think quite crudely, although it's called an envelope protein, that's in fact how they use it. And it's called GP41. And it clamps down the spike and holds it in place so that you've got a stable spike for the uh, immune system to respond to. So that's what they used. HIV has been studied endlessly and they know exactly how these things work. It wasn't as if they didn't expect some antibodies to this part of the human immunodeficiency virus. I'm told that as part of the informed consent, people were told that they might get a transient uh, rise to their to HIV antibodies. So that's what's happened here is that uh, more people got an antibody response, an immune response to this part of the human immunodeficiency virus, and that's what killed the vaccine. Not that you had HIV, but they had the antibody response. So here's the problem. When you actually do an HIV test, you test, there's, lot, there's a couple of, two or three different parts of the virus that they check for. So the, the body responds to HIV in different part, to different parts of the virus. GP41 is one of the parts, and there's a couple of others. Now, you've got to get more than one of those to have an absolutely definite positive HIV test. If all you come up with is a GP41, 
then that's, you know, that's an equivocal test and they've got to test you further. So the problem is that the commonest HIV tests include GP41 in the suite of antibodies that they pick up when they're testing for HIV. So the problem is, you know, you go and donate blood and you come up positive and they reject your sample or they've got to go and do other, other HIV tests to nail it. It's not as if it's impossible to get over, but it creates a lot of confusion and difficulty out there. And, and I suppose they just took a risk-benefit equation. There was no harm to individuals. And I think you, you listened to the press conference, Tegan, and some of these antibody rises were actually temporary. That, that's right. So they said that all of the vaccinees, all the people that received them, had some level of positivity to HIV, even though before the trials they really thought that it was a theoretical risk and quite a low one. Uh, but they did say that even now at least one of the people has gone back to zero and the others seem to be declining. So it could be a transient thing. And they said that they did actually talk They've had conversations with the government, with the health bodies about maybe whether the HIV tests should be changed to give people access to this coronavirus vaccine. But they decided that, A, that would be really hard, and B, in addition to a public health issue around HIV, there's also a really important public perception issue around the vaccines, and they wouldn't want people to be put off using the vaccine because of this perceived link with HIV, even though there's absolutely no health risk associated with it at all. Yeah, because it's just a tiny little part of the virus and it can't suddenly become the virus. It's just literally a part, you know, a molecular part of the virus, which is entirely independent. So it's a huge shame. And Pamela asks, why did they try using HIV in the first place? And I think they explained that at the press conference. That's right. And one of the, the big reason is because HIV is just so well studied. And so this this clamp that Norman was talking about before, it was crystallised in HIV first. And so because even though HIV is a really scary virus, or perhaps because it seems like such a scary virus, we know a lot about it. We've studied it in a lot of detail. And so with something that's a really known quantity, being able to clip this thing out and put it into the vaccine seemed like a really sensible choice. And because this was the first human trials of this vaccine, they didn't have an opportunity before now to know that this was going to be a risk. The HIV tests that we do have only work in humans, so they couldn't use them in the animal models. And it wasn't really a high priority when the outcome that they're looking for is COVID, not really HIV. Yep. And there's the last question from Lou. Yeah. So Lou is asking, the, the stories seem to suggest that it was abandoned due to a concern about possible public perceptions rather than any real problem with the vaccine. Is this right? It's partly right. I think CSL was party to that. They're the commercial partner, and they've got a marketing issue to explain why this has you know, why you get a positive HIV test, even though it's false positive. There's enough of an issue reducing vaccine hesitancy when you've rushed through some of these vaccines, and then you add HIV on top of it. But there are practical issues, Lou, and they, pro they probably mostly relate to the blood supply. When you go in to give a blood donation, they will do a routine HIV test on it. And if it comes up positive, then you either reject the blood donation. And if, if let's say, for example, that 50% of the Australian population got immunized against the UQ, with the UQ vaccine, and some of them didn't disappear quickly, then they've got to do further testing on the on the blood supply to make sure that it's just, it is truly a, a false positive. So it, it creates a practical problem there. It also creates a problem for perhaps life insurance, although these things are solvable. I mean, if this was the only vaccine available in the world, they probably would continue with it. But because it's not, 
they've gone for just saying we're just going to use the overseas vaccines. Which kind of brings us to some other news that came out over the weekend. So we heard that the UQ vaccine has been cancelled, um, which is a real blow to those scientists. But in addition to that, the Glasgow Smith Klein vaccine has also been paused or cancelled. Well, it's not been uh, cancelled, it's been paused. So what they had was they had a problem measuring the virus or the virus particles, you know, basically the coronavirus elements to the vaccine in the in, in their samples and they got that wrong and therefore they weren't sure or they got the wrong dose in the in the samples and they had to they had to go back to the drawing board, work out how they're going to test for the the elements of the coronavirus in their vaccine and then reinstitute trials in a few months' time. So they haven't canned it, it's just a technical problem early on. And often dosage does become a problem in vaccine trials. It's not unknown for vaccines to fall over at the dosage stage. And it's worth remembering here that in the rush to get these vaccines, the bit that's been compressed is what's called the phase two trial. So, so what's happened here with the UQ vaccine, it was the phase one trial, which is a safety trial, which found out this problem with HIV, that it was more common than they thought. Normally then you would go to, if it was okay in the phase one, to a phase two trial, which is often largely about finding the right dose for the best effect, whether it's a drug or whether it's a vaccine. And that's what's been compressed. And they've tried to do phase one, phase two trials together or phase two, phase three trials together. And it's the dosage that's been not very well sorted out in some of the trials. So, for example, that's one of the problems with the ASTRA trial. In a small sub, in a subset of the trial, they gave half a dose again, partly because they weren't, you know, they weren't formulating it in the way that they thought they were, and it was also in a group that was largely under fifty-five, and they just didn't have time to sort out that element before they got to phase three. And now they're probably going to have to double back and recheck all that. Well, that's all we've got time for on Coronacast today. If you want to ask a question or make a comment, please keep them coming in. Go to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Click on ask a question and mention Coronacast so we can pick it up on the way through. And we will see you tomorrow. See you then. Bye.